Hello, welcome to One in Eight, a new podcast series brought to you by Sanford Health. I'm your host, Courtney Collin, with Sanford Health News. We are really eager to kick off this series all about breast cancer awareness because one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during her lifetime. Today, we're talking with Dr. Andrea Castor, a family medicine physician in the Breast Clinic in Fargo. And our topic today is breast cancer risk. Dr. Castor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. We'll kick things off by getting to know you. So tell us about your role as a physician in Fargo working with women. I began my training and went through family medicine and had about 10 years of general family medicine practice before coming over here and joining um, the Edith Sanford Breast Center. And now I've been here for about six years um, working in the high-risk breast clinic. Um, At that clinic, we do a combination of screening for women who are high-risk Um, And then we also do a lot of diagnostic workups for women who have problems um, or have abnormal imaging at multiple outside facilities and then get referred into our clinic. So it's a combination of both uh, screening and uh, diagnostic clinic. It's very overwhelming, of course, anytime you get the diagnosis of cancer, and with breast cancer, I think especially, it's one of those where most people have known somebody who's gotten breast cancer. Um, a lot of us know people who got breast cancer and probably didn't think they should have because despite um, a lot of there being hereditary cancers, there's also a lot of breast cancer that isn't hereditary breast cancer and seems to affect people who would otherwise not be at risk. So um, it's it's a really, it's a scary one for a lot of women. And like you said, one in eight women uh, do in the United States develop breast cancer in their lifetime. So it's it's very common. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it does work become worrisome for people. So you mentioned risk. Let's talk about that. What is a risk factor? So when you're talking about risk factors for breast cancer, um, you know, there are both risk factors that are what we call modifiable risk factors. And then there's, um, or ones that we can try to help uh, to help prevent development of breast cancer. And then there's some risk factors that are, that, that are out of our control. So um, some things we know uh, lead to uh, putting us at higher risk of developing breast cancer are a sedentary lifestyle. So as we um, become more and more technology dependent, we tend to be less and less active. And so increasing activity um, is very important to help keep your breast health healthy. Um, And so um, just a sedentary lifestyle will increase your risk of um, breast cancer and other cancers as well. Um, Another one that is um, what we would consider a modifiable risk factor is alcohol intake. So For women, um, really uh, less than one alcohol beverage a day is what's recommended um, and minimizing alcohol intake. And it just has to do with alcohol um, being along a precursor to uh, estrogen. And um, so it has to do with keeping your estrogen levels uh, stable. And so um, minimizing alcohol use is important for women um, to help reduce their risk of developing breast cancer. Uh, And then maintaining a healthy body weight, Um, especially this is important after menopause uh, for women who have that mid 
midlife weight gain um, that can increase the risk of developing breast cancer as well. And again, related to the, um, the fat cells that uh, will help uh, change precursors of estrogen into estrogen effective to, uh, hormones that can increase your risk. So when it comes to breast cancer of all of the um, information out there, those are the, real, the three really big ones that you wanna focus on that women can do something about on their on their own. There's other a lot of other uh, areas of, of uh, things that are you know we can't really control that do increase your risk and put you at maybe a higher risk of developing breast cancer. Um, and so risk assessment basically um, is done for women. Um, initially with their primary care provider and then sometimes if they're concerned or if they show up our, our clinic we will do a formal risk assessment on them um, and that includes uh, factors such as family history any genetics uh, testing in the family have they had uh, biopsies done um, did they receive chemotherapy or excuse me radiation therapy to their chest wall at a young age um, those uh, types of things go into to, uh, calculating a risk assessment on a woman and then that helps us determine if someone is at higher risk of developing breast cancer or not. So when a woman is high risk, what does that mean? So uh, we have um, different risk assessment models that we use, but in general, if you use a risk assessment model um, and you know include this type of information, um, also uh, you know if they when they had their first period, if they've had children, um, how old they were, breastfeeding, those types of information, then also the density of their breast tissue on the mammogram. So we include all this information that I've talked about, and then it will give us a risk estimate for a woman for their lifetime risk of developing breast cancer. And for women who have a lifetime risk of 20% or higher, they are considered uh, high risk. And um, women who are at around 12% is considered average risk, so that's the one in, that's the one in eight number, right? And then uh, for women who between 15 and 20% are in the moderate risk category. And who determines that risk? That is a big part of what we do at our clinic is risk assessment. So we will have referrals come in for women who have maybe a family history and dense breast tissue, and they just want to determine how, what, their risk, what their risk is at. And so we will run several of those models. The geneticists in the genetics department do a lot of risk evaluation for women as well. Um, they will run an extensive, you know, kind of pedigree and um, we'll run several models there too. So that would be probably the two most common places where women go to kind of get an, a formal assessment. Um, primary care providers absolutely can, very, I mean, both of the models we use most commonly, which are the Gale and the uh, IBIS model, IBIS model, those are both just available by Googling them and um, any provider can fill in that information for people. So it can also be done in your primary provider's office as well. So if a woman was deemed high risk, what changes to her lifestyle might she need to make versus somebody who is at a lower risk for breast cancer? 
really it's the same as the prevention ones. Um, there's, uh, you know, getting, staying active, uh, doing more than you're doing now, uh, the technically 30 minutes, five days a week. And I always tell people it does not have to mean you have to start training for a marathon because I think for a lot of people it's overwhelming. They think, oh, I have to be active. It means I have to start going to the gym. I don't like going to the gym. Yeah. It really just means, um, you know, mowing the lawn, gardening, uh, going for walks, all of those types of things. I just think it's easy to uh, forget how sedentary we are. Um, so many of us are with our current uh, jobs. And so just getting out there and being active. Same with limiting your alcohol intake and then trying to maintain a healthy body, body weight. Um, throughout adulthood is very important. There's other things, um, you know, that women can do. It's, you know, if you breastfeed your baby for an extended period of time, that's very helpful. You want to try to avoid unnecessary um, radiation exposure and um, also avoid uh, extended period of um, exogenous estrogen. So for women who are postmenopausal taking hormone replacement therapy, um, you know, most of us have heard that's not what we recommend um, in most situations. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't use it for maybe a short period of time, but uh, certainly by um, age 55 or, you know, depending upon obviously specifics about your risk factors, um, you know, certainly trying to take the lowest dose possible to manage your symptoms and getting off of that medication as soon as you can. Yeah, we talk a lot about early detection and getting that mammogram. How important is this screening? And remind us how often we should be getting that exam. Yeah, for sure. So with breast cancer, with a lot, most cancers, and particularly this is true with breast cancer, uh, finding it early does, um, you have more options for treatment when you find a breast cancer early and uh, use usually less invasive uh, treatment. So uh, for someone who finds an early cancer or a ductal carcinoma in situ where the cancer is still uh, within the duct and has not become invasive, um, you know, in those situations, you don't need to use chemotherapy. Um, You would just need uh, surgical excision and uh, sometimes radiation therapy. And so um, you can avoid chemotherapy altogether in those situations for the most part. So, um, I mean, the earlier we can find it, certainly the better. And then the smaller it is, uh, the better outcome we have uh, for that as well and the more surgical options you have um, and just more treatment options overall. So early detection helps improve outcome. Um, The earlier, Mm -hmm. the higher survival rate, the earlier you find it and then also just more options that way. And so um, that is kind of a key behind um, the recommendations that Sanford has maintained, which is to start getting an annual mammogram at age 40 and continuing annually after that. There are definitely organizations out there that have changed their recommendations. Um, and so they're, um, depending upon who, you know, if it's the American Cancer Society or the United States Preventative Services Task Force, both have different recommendations on when to start and how frequently to screen. But everybody agrees that the most, uh, the most, you get the most benefit out of annual screening mammograms, um, the most, the most lives years saved, years of life saved by doing that way, and also decreased mortality 
by doing an annual mammogram uh, starting at age 40. And so we just feel with that as our top priority um, that that is the way to continue our practice. There are downsides. Um, there are you know, uh, increased biopsy rates, um, you know, increased stress associated with that. And so that's why some of the um, recommendations have changed. But um, overall, we like to keep our eye on the survival and the decreased mortality. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we should still be getting that annual mammogram, regardless of whether we are high or low risk, right? I mean, even if we have no cancer in our family. Yes, we should still be getting the mammogram every year. Correct. Annual mammogram starting at age 40. And uh, talk with your doctor. Um, you can definitely, obviously, there's a much more shared decision-making in medicine these days. Um, and you want to talk to them about the potential harms of having an annual mammogram. Say you are very, very low risk um, and uh, don't have any family history of cancer. You have your lifestyle, you know, you're meeting all those goals. And um, you, know, you find you have one mammogram and you find out you don't have dense breast tissue. You know, if all of those things are lined up and you say, I don't want any extra radiation exposure. I would like to have one every two years. You know, and to make an individual decision based on your preferences with your provider is very important. Um, but uh, we don't feel that everybody needs to follow, um, you know, needs to follow the don't start till 50 or, you know, those types of things because we're going to miss, miss cancers when we do it that way. So what advice would you have for women about what we can do now to make sure we're staying on top of our health. You just want to make sure that you are um, talking to your doctor and staying up on all of your screening recommendations. So making sure that um, you're getting your wellness exam and your um, pap smears when you need to, colonoscopies, um, uh, when you need to start screening for colon cancer screening. That's another one that goes, uh, can get be very hard to detect early on. And so uh, just making sure that you're keeping up with all of your screening is so important, especially we've seen with COVID, people are um, avoiding uh, coming into the clinics for a good reason. You know what, in the beginning, we didn't know, um, you know, how the virus was spread and what type of, uh, what type of activities put you at higher or lower risk. But, um, you know, in general, our clinics and hospitals are, you know, a completely masked centers. Everybody's wearing a mask. Um, everybody's being screened and um, everybody's washing their hands. So we feel like it's very safe to continue now knowing what we know um, with your um, screenings and make sure to keep up on that. And then uh, immunizations, of course, one of the best uh, inventions of modern medicine and especially important this year with flu vaccines coming out that everybody gets their flu vaccine. So if a woman is curious about whether she's high risk or low risk or just wants more information, where should she go and what should she do? I, I would also say um, that if you are at elevated risk, so for w women who do come in and they have a lifetime risk that's over 20 percent, um, we can do more screening for you. So those women actually will potentially qualify to have a breast MRI in addition to a mammogram on an annual basis. And so um, 
we can do that and that improves our screening uh, dramatically. So for women who are um, afraid of coming in and having uh, finding out they're at elevated risk, it's important to know that because we actually can offer more screening. There's also uh, medications out there that we can use to help lower your risk of developing breast cancer. Um, those medications are reserved for people who are in the high-risk category because of potential side effects, of course. Um, but that is another option for women in the high risk category. And so, um, and then also just uh, making sure you're doing um, clinical breast exams with your provider and just being aware of your breasts at home. So for everybody in all risk categories, um, just being, we don't recommend the detailed, um, you know, linear breast exams like we used to, but we do strongly recommend that uh, people pay attention to their breasts, know what feels normal for them, know what looks normal for them, and to report any changes right away. Dr. Castor, it was great having you as our guest. Your expertise about risk factors when it comes to breast cancer was so valuable as we continue this conversation about breast cancer awareness. And we really appreciate all that you do for women in our communities all over the region. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. I'm Courtney Collin with Sanford Health News. Stay tuned for the next episode of One in Eight, our breast cancer podcast series coming your way soon. Stay well. Have a great day.